Hello, welcome to the latest edition of the OK Preps Extra Podcast. I'm Patrick Prince, joined as always by Barry Lewis. It's Monday, March 6th, and Barry, uh, we're, we're going to get in. The state tournament is this weekend in uh, Oklahoma City and Norman area. We're going to get all into that uh, here in a bit, but uh, let's just start with, I mean, I, you're you're such a baseball fan, and you know, like you said before we went live, you're a purist, you're a baseball purist, but maybe not quite as rigid as some. I'd really love to pick your thoughts first off on what you think of the rule changes in baseball. Well, we've had a preview of those rule changes in the Texas League mm-hmm. over the past year uh, because before they implement rules changes at the major league level, they test them out in the minor leagues. And so we've got to see a lot of those changes in the Texas League. And um, so um, – where do we want to start? Which rule change do you like? You want the well, pitch clock first? I definitely want to start with the pitch clock. That's the one I'm – yeah, I, I'm I'm completely in favor of this change, Barry. Where, where are you on it? I like the pitch clock because last year I saw what it could do for the pace of play in the minor leagues. It was – along with other things that go along with the pitch clock to move things along now uh, because – Basically, baseball has been talking a good game recently about trying to improve pace of play, but nothing's really been happening to improve it. In fact, it's been getting worse. But last year, the minor, uh, the Texas League specifically, game times were cut by about 25 minutes, the average game time. That's huge when you can cut a game time from three hours, 3.05 to two and a, to around 2.35, 2.40. I think in a perfect world, 235 or 240 is like a great average game time. And they were able to achieve that in the Texas League last year. Because I'm not one of those. I remember when I was growing up, go to a major league game, and I saw quite a few games that are over like under two hours. And most of the time it's like, man, I just got here. That's a little too fast. Um, You don't see that anymore. But uh, then we've gone to the other extreme where games just really lag and takes way over three hours. So I thought last year in the Texas league, we reached a happy medium, except when in the Texas league, when you play these seven inning double hitter games, which I don't, I don't not crazy about those games seem to go by too quickly, <laughs> but for the most part, you talk about nine inning game average, two thirty five, two forty, good pace of play. I liked what I saw in the Texas League last year, and I think it's going to be a hit at the major league level because something had to be done. Now, what about – okay, so the other side would, would say, Barry, that the great one of the great things about baseball is that it's not on a clock, is that it takes the time that it takes. There are some people who make that argument, and that, nothing wrong with that argument, uh, but what would you say to that? I would agree for the most part, but – there comes a point, I mean, you can still argue that the clock doesn't, um, I mean, you you still got a part of that still in baseball because you can be down by 10 runs with two outs in the ninth inning and you still can win the game, whereas opposed to you're down 10 touchdowns with a minute to go in a football game or by 15 points in a basketball game with a minute to go, you're not going to win. So that aspect still applies as far as the pitch clock, something needs to be done to get things moving. Because in also limiting, which I liked, um, which we saw last year in the Texas League, you can only throw over to first base twice. 
um, without being penalized. If you go over there a third time and you don't pick off the runner, then uh, it's going to be a balk. So I like that too. So just things that get the game moving because things have just gone out of hand in recent years at the major league level. There's no reason why a three to two game needs to be taking over four hours. I mean, there's this, it's, yeah, that was baseball was going in a wrong direction. So I like that rule. I like the pace of play rules. Are they trying to kind of promote stolen bases, Barry? That... Yes, they are. I, I love getting the stolen base back into the game because when love I that. grew up, I've always been, this is going to sound weird to people, I've always been more of a, um, as the stolen base has excited me more than home runs. Um, I don't like the way the game is trended where it's just, there's too many home runs and too many strikeouts. There's not enough action. I want more action in the, getting the stolen base a part of it again with the, the bigger bases and also the lack of pickoff attempts you now get. I think that's a good, uh, a good move getting it in that direction. See, I'm always one of these people are going to think this is weird uh, probably, but I was more excited you know, this is like from a Cardinal standpoint, you know, following the Cardinals. Mm -hmm. I was more excited in 1974 seeing Lou Brock chase Maury Wills' single season stolen base record than I was by watching Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa 24 years later chase uh, Roger Maris's home run record. Really? Yes, very much so. Um so I'm much more excited by it. It, it. The weird thing was they both had such incredible similarities that Chase did because on the calendar, both Brock and McGuire uh, set the record on like September 10th of each year at in St. Louis on a Tuesday night. So um, that there's so many similarities, weirdly enough, in those things. Both of them were exciting. And of course, I like the, you know, the Tulsa Drillers connection with Sammy Sosa. But just from, I had more fun watching Lou Brock in the stolen base chase than I did McGuire and Sosa in the home run chase. Well, I, I love the idea, Barry, of more stolen bases. When I started watching baseball in the 80s, you know, it was Vince Coleman, Willie McGee, Ricky Henderson, Tim Raines. You had these, base stealing was a thing then, and I miss it being a thing. So if they want to promote more base stealing, I'm with you all, all, all in. All right, Barry, let's take a real quick break and we'll come back and we'll talk uh, prep basketball. All right, Barry, so state tournament finally here. Let's just kind of go through the classes here and we'll just talk about the local teams. Uh, let's start with 6A boys. Uh, Owasso plays Edmond uh, Deer Creek at 430 on Thursday at the Lloyd Noble Center. Owasso can kind of continue their, their surge and got into the state tournament. Uh, how do you like them? I like Owasso a lot. Uh, they're certainly trending in the right direction. I think they've got a very high ceiling on the two freshmen. Of course, Jalen Montanati gets most attention, but Bowden Williams is also a really good freshman for Owasso. You know, now that they've got basically a season under their belts, they're just going to get better and better. Um, I think Owasso beating broke, getting to the state tournament in the winner's bracket, that's huge for them. I like their matchup against Deer Creek because um, Owasso has had trouble really advancing very far in the state tournament when they've qualified. So I think this is a, 
nothing is easy when you get to the state tournament, but I think this a lot of years Owasso has gone into the state tournament. It seems like this is a hard matchup for them. I mean, a real I think this matchup is more conducive for success for Owasso than a lot of the previous ones been. So, but still, you never know. A young team, two freshmen, how are they going to respond? Yeah. yeah. Big spotlight, but uh, obviously huge for them. Can, can they win it? Arrow after losing two close games to Broken Arrow earlier this year. Right. Uh, can they win it? Uh, I'm going to – they can, but I'm going to make Edmund North the favorite to defend. Okay. All right. Uh, how about – so you mentioned Broken Arrow a minute ago. They start off with Norman. That game is 6 o'clock Thursday at the Lloyd Noble Center. Uh, how do you see that one breaking down? And you know what? And, and specifically, Barry, I, I think a loss for Broken Arrow is a good thing. It's not a bad thing now that they're in the state tournament, although I think um, Broken Arrow showed me a lot from what they did Saturday night coming back from that loss to Owasso, especially in overtime. I mean, I'll make no doubt. I thought Putnam North, which is ranked number two, here you got number one versus two matchup to just go to state. Um, I thought Putnam, in many times in those situations, we discussed this in last week's podcast, the team that's coming through the loser's bracket, especially playing the team that's just lost in overtime, has a huge edge, Put, especially a great team like Putnam North. So I gave Broken Arrow less than a 50% chance of winning Saturday night. But what they did was so impressive. Connor Dow, I mean, wow. He showed up big time, big time <laughs> um, to lead Broken Arrow. So I think winning like they did, not just winning, but winning like they did, getting the state tournament like that, I think that really bodes well for them um, to maybe coming away with the gold ball this week. You know, Edmund North's the favorite, but they feel more confident about Broken Arrow's chances of winning after having gone through what they did than I did like a week ago at this time. Sure, sure. All right, well, you mentioned the favorite, Edmund North. They start out with Booker T, uh, 7.30 Thursday at the Lloyd Noble Center. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming you like Edmund North in that game? I do, um, but this is, uh, um, I, yeah, I think Book uh, Edmund North just says, too much but again Booker T showed a lot last week they had to come up with two wins and um they did so I not many people thought Booker T for a second year in a row Booker T entered the, se entered the season with fairly low expectations from everybody else outside the program and they've surprised the experts so um but I would have to consider Edmund North the favorite yeah all right let's uh drop down to 5A boys uh no surprise Memorial Chargers are in the state tournament again. They play Southeast. That game is 9 o'clock Wednesday. And uh, wh where's that game, Barry? Is that Lloyd Noble or Fairgrounds? Everything's at Lloyd Noble. See, that's the difference this okay. year. Everything is at the main site this year for the first time in 5A okay. and 6A. Okay. What do you think of the Chargers' chances? 5A is really wide open. But Memorial made quite the statement last week against Hale, a team that um, they played two – two thrillers earlier this year and we're fortunate to have won each one of those games, but that's, you know, a lot of that is memorials. They know how to win those games uh, just because of their tradition. Having won so many state titles through the years, they know how to win. Um, I think it's 
but this memorial team is not quite as deep as past memorial teams, and that could be a factor, especially three, well, it's three games in four days this time instead of the usual three and three. Um, I think Memorial's got a good chance, but overall, 5A is really wide open. Okay. Uh, how about Holland Hall, El Reno? That game is uh, at 430. Um, Holland Hall, quite the story, both in boys and girls. Here they were. They start the season in 4A, and they get the jolt, getting moved up to 5A in the middle of the season. But uh, they don't let that bother them. They wind up going. They wind up getting the state tournament, both boys and girls, anyway. So that's uh, got to give both of those programs a lot of credit. Yeah, I keep forgetting that Barry. They were bumped up in the middle of the season, and both boys and girls still still make state. That's pretty impressive. It really is, especially if they're not like a team that's bounced back before between four A and five A, a program because there are some teams that do that. Uh, they've never been, been in 5A before, but they take that challenge and uh, they they make the most of it. So a uh, so lot of credit for them, both of those teams, getting to the state tournament. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's talk about uh, Dell City uh, Edison. That game's at 730. Uh, that's pretty much a toss-up game. Edison, uh, Edison, who I'm going to be writing about in Wednesday's paper, this is uh, – they haven't actually played a state tournament game since 2015. They've got a great basketball tradition, although they've never won a state title. They've come really close uh, quite a few times. But uh, they'll give it a uh, – I think they've just about got as good a chance as anybody. They split with Memorial this year. In fact, they are they very easily could have won both games. Uh, Memorial uh, rallied late in the second meeting just like we've seen Memorial do against other teams. Um, but uh, Edison, again, showed quite a quite a lot last weekend because they, like Broken Arrow, lost in overtime on Friday night. So in, in recent years, they've lost several area consolation finals, and uh, they were in a similar situation last year. They were pretty well spent on Friday night, coming back on Saturday. And I think that experience helped them against Grove, a Grove team, which had a full head of steam. Um, they looked really impressive. And Grove was quite the story. They've never been to the boys' state tournament. I mean, that was hard for me to believe when I heard that before um, going into the weekend. Like, I couldn't believe Grove has never been to the boys' state tournament. And they looked like they were ready to do it. But Edison came out really strong, and um, they surprised me by not just beating Grove, but winning as impressively as they did after losing a heartbreaker in overtime the previous night to Holland Hall. So Edison, they got about as good a chance as anybody. I mean, then you got, of course, Carl Albert, which you've always got a Carl Albert. When you think of 5A basketball over the past decade, you pretty well think of Memorial and Carl Albert. So... It's it's going to be very interesting. So Edison didn't even win a state title back in the Kevin Pritchard days? No, they were a half second away. Kevin Pritchard hit a shot at the buzzer that would have won the game at the Maybe Center in 1986, but it was waved off, ruled too late. So uh, that's how close they came that year. Were you at that game? I was at that game. Um, that was my first year on the high school beat, actually, 1986. And um, 
they've been to the state finals five times, twice when I was in high school there. And, uh, uh, but the that 86 game was the closest they came, uh, came really close in 09 to doing it. Um, and again, when it was at Lloyd Noble, so Edison's Michael coach, Michael Parrish has some good vibes about going to Lloyd Noble. Um, so who's your 5A favorite? Uh, I would say Memorial is the team to beat just because of what they've done and because they are ranked number one and because they're coming in off a 30-point win last week. And if you had to name a sleeper? Ooh, it's hard to consider Carl Albert a sleeper. <laughs> but uh, so we won't, since they're, they're in the upper, you know, they're the perennial power as well. Why not Edison as the sleeper? I was going to say that. Why, yeah, why not? Because the last time they reached the state title game, as I recall, I mean, they weren't the favorite to get to the state title game because most people thought um, that Booker T would, but they upset Booker T in the semifinals at Lloyd Noble to get to the title game. All right, let's jump down to uh, 3A boys where Metro plays Hugo. That game is noon on Thursday, I believe. Is that right? I think that's what that is. Uh, I think three, three, a boy. Uh, yes. Three boys, Metro Christian. Yeah. Is it? Yes. How do you, how do you see that one? Uh, Metro Christian, I would say they're the favorite in that. I think three, a is pretty wide open. Uh, but Metro Christian would have to be the favorite. They had a little bit of a speed bump you know, at the end of January, early February, they lost two games in a row, but it looks like they're back rolling again. And, uh, also locally from around here, we've got Claremore Sequoia, who's Tim, Coach Tim Bart. He's been to a lot of state tournaments previously mm -hmm. at Bartlesville. It's his first year back as a high school head coach after eight or nine years away. And uh, uh, he's had a really fun year at Claremore Sequoia. They're 24, 25, and 3. And um, so I think they've got a good chance, too, to do something, although I'm – it's hard to pick against Millwood. Millwood looks, they're ranked number two. They look really tough. I mean, they're a team that's sort of under the radar because of their record, but they're 15 and 10, but they played a really, really tough schedule for a 3A team. I didn't realize Tim Bart took that long a time off, almost a decade. Yeah. Did he just decide he wanted to get back into coaching? Yeah. He, he had the itch to coach again and, uh, and uh, he's had a, he's really enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, good for him. All right, should we leave it there or anything else you want to get into? Uh, want to touch on girls basketball uh, sure. briefly. Uh, again, it's really good year for the um, local teams in girls basketball, 6A girls. Uh, I would say Edmund North would have to be the favorite, but a very interesting first round matchup because you got a rematch of last year's title game. Uh, which Bixby lost a heartbreaker in. So you've got Edmund North and Bixby in the quarterfinals this year. And Bixby's are, been a really interesting team because since Meredith Mays, our outstanding inside player, suffered the knee injury early in the year, um, they've been a team that uh, sometimes they look like world beaters. I mean, they've won their three playoff wins this year have been by an average of four, over 40 points. But then they lost by 25 to Norman. <laughs> in the area final uh, team that they lost to in the state tournament in 2021. So um, some they've got possibilities. 
So that'll be a really intriguing game. And uh, you also got Broken Arrow uh, and Booker T. Both both kudos to Broken Arrow and Booker T for sending both their boys and girls teams to mm-hmm. state. So that's that is really an impressive feat. And then in five A girls, of course, we talked about Holland Hall again, another school which sent both their teams. Um, Tahlequah also in our all world coverage area, they sent both their boys and girls teams. The boys. Um, it's going to be their first state tournament game since 09. They qualified in 2020, but lost that, lost out due to COVID. And then you've got a really interesting game. You don't see this much in uh, the large classifications where you've got two teams from the Tulsa Metro playing each other in the first round. Yeah. Uh, it's the Pulp and Glenpool. So, uh, great accomplishment for Glenpool going through the West to get to the state tournament. Uh, I think Sepulpa will be too much for them. But that's a really neat matchup. I uh, think uh, Sepulpa and Glenpool have a little bit of a rivalry. So, uh, but I think Sepulpa is the team to beat in 5A girls. Uh, we should also, too, Barry, uh, update everybody on inside-outside contests. We're going to unveil winners this week, right? Yes, the first winner was unveiled today as we taped uh, Jareth Ingram, Mr. Inside from Tulsa Memorial. And then tomorrow we will have... In Tuesday's paper, have Ms. Inside. Then Wednesday is Mr. Outside. And Thursday is Ms. Outside. Yeah. Um, so I, I will, you know, I think the voting was really interesting. Because each year, usually, there are some players who are picked. Like, you wouldn't think that they would win the contest, that they really surprise you. Um, but this year, I think all four winners, they are among definitely the very elite players in the Tulsa area. So, Mm -hmm. uh, but thanks to everyone who voted and uh, uh, appreciate everyone's participation. Yeah. Yeah. That's always, always a fun contest. Glad, glad we do that. All right. We'll leave it there for this week, Barry. uh, We appreciate everybody checking us out. Barry and I usually record once a week, usually on Monday. You can check us out for free on Google, Apple, or Spotify. We appreciate it. And Barry, we'll, uh, we'll check in next, next, next week. Sorry, I can't talk. And we'll do our uh, post-state tournament wrap-up. All right. Sounds good, Patrick. All right.